This is Madeline. And this is Cami. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 47. So Cami, are you afraid of things that go bump in the night? Oh, honestly, Madeline, I'm more afraid of my brain bumping around all night. <laughs> Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up communities that convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash communities that convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So FOMO is defined as anxiety caused by a desire to stay continually connected to what others are doing. And our friend Brian Fanzo has a podcast that's called FOMO Fans. His website says he's translating the geek speak to cure your fear of missing out. I just love that. You know, our brains, yeah, our brains are wired for FOMO with negative bias and mirror neurons that predispose us to wanting to be like others. It's so true, you know? Yeah, it really is. And I want to say something here that sounded like a lot of geek speak for it's not your fault. (laughs) It's not your (laughs) fault. We're wired to be this way. We're wired to be in community. We're wired to do these kinds of things. And, you know, there's been a lot of neuro research around negative bias. And that really is within your brain. Your brain reacts more strongly to stimuli that it deems negative. So you're going to focus in on the negative. Have you ever noticed that? Like when you're going down the road, I think when you're driving in traffic, that's the best time to notice how our negative bias, our negative cognitive bias works, you know, because you're driving down the street and somebody cuts you off and you're like, you think that that person is out to get you. Oh, when yeah. probably they have not thought about you at all. They're trying They're to probably their- smiling. They're listening to classical music, enjoying their commute. Or they're trying to pick up their kid on time. It's not about you, yeah. you know, but we do have a negative bias that really looks at, you know, what's negative in our world. So there's a greater surge in our electrical activity in our brains. They've put like little, you know, nodes on people's brains and they've mapped out their brains when they're looking at these different situations. And they see that there's this surge in electrical activity in our brains and the negative parts of our brains so that our attitudes are more heavily influenced by the downbeat news rather than good news. So they showed them good news and bad news. And our brains light up for the bad news. And when the good news comes out, we're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, we just don't light up as much in our brains over the good news. So it takes a lot more positive than negative. So one of the things that I think with FOMO is that we tend to focus on the negative parts of what's happening, like what we're not accomplishing rather than what we are accomplishing and what other people are accomplishing that we're not accomplishing. So that negative bias is working against us. The other thing that I found really interesting is there's these things in our brains that they found called mirror neurons, and they mirror the behaviors of others that we observe. And you can know this with nonverbal communication. So 
one of the things they taught us, I went, I got a speech communication degree, is that if you really want to be liked by somebody else, you should mirror what they're doing. You know, if they're smiling, you smile. If they, you know, put their, fold their hands, you should fold your hands. I mean, it's a thing to trick people's brains into thinking that you're on their side. And so we're all like that. And what they've found is this mirror neuron inside of our brain, and they fire up something called the premotor cortex. And that's in the kind of middle part of our brain. And this is preparing us for motion. So, you know, like if you're going to run a race or something like that. So when you see people, your motor neurons start to fire, meaning that your body starts to react by mirroring the other person's actions. Isn't that interesting that we do that? It's very interesting. This is all very scientific. And luckily, we have links in the show notes because you found some interesting articles about this. And Mm -hmm. those of you listening are going, wow, this is fascinating. Go check out the show notes at communitiesatconvert.com. We've got some interesting links to articles in there for you. Yeah. And so these things that happen, this is why we talk about contagious actions or contagious feelings. You know, if you start laughing, people will start laughing. Yawning. That's one. Yawning. Yawning is a big one. Or um, one of my favorites, go to a middle of a city street and look up in the air and then everybody's going to look up with you and be like, what's up there? So interesting. So it really is our brain. So it's your brain that's doing it. So I don't want people to think, oh, geez, I'm such a failure. I can't get over this FOMO thing. It's in our DNA, it's in our brains to copy other people and to really want to not miss out on things. So FOMO is real, people. It's really real and it's right in your brain. But that's the problem. So how do we overcome it? Can you start us on that? What do you think, Malin? How do you overcome it? Gosh, well, you know, there's, you probably heard of law of attraction, right? And I'm a huge fan of that. I really believe in the law of attraction. and If you're not familiar with that, law of attraction is the belief that by focusing on positive or negative thoughts, people can bring positive or negative experiences into their life. And I'm a big fan of The Secret. I don't know if everybody listening is familiar with it because it came out, I want to say, back in the mid-90s. Does that sound about right? Maybe 96 or 97? Yeah, it was somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah, because it was called Tell us what it is. What is it? It's, it's, it's a, a secret. Film. It's a, it is. I made a video and I said, shh, it's a secret. And I actually, I'll have to go see if I can dig up this old video, old YouTube video, because it's really cool. I talk all about it because I was so enamored by it. It's a film. It's not quite a, it's kind of a documentary, but they also show, they really immerse you in these experiences that they talk about. And they have some of the greatest minds speak about this like Jack Canfield, who is known from Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And he's just an amazing author and speaker and just amazing people that contribute to this, all talking about how like attracts like. And it's really fascinating. If you have not checked this out, I remember years ago, you could go to YouTube and type in The Secret and the first 20 minutes of this film was available for free. So I'm sure you could still find that. I'll see if we can dig up. Maybe it's on Netflix. I don't know. I got to go check it. It might be, but I'll I'll look for a link to see if we can share that. We'll have information on it. There's also a book and an audio book of it as well. I'm just really a big fan of just, you know, the whole like attracts like, and it really can work. I use this in my business a lot with, you know, vision boards, which are popular with some people where, you know, you create this board of just different things that you want. And a really cool story in the secret 
I can't, I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head, but one of the guys in The Secret tells this story about how he had made some vision boards and they were stored away in a box. And so one day he was unpacking this box and he had moved several times and he happened to open this box up and he's looking at this vision board and tears come down his eyes, come down his face. I can't even say it right. Tears are coming down his face and his young son says, dad, what's the matter? He says, son, I'm looking at this vision board I created and there's a photo of a house I put on here, like a dream house. And we are living in that exact house. And that was was mind blowing, mind blowing. And I'll have to go, I can't think of his name, but I'll get it. I'll share it in the show notes. But it just shows the power of, you know, when you have a vision board and it's something you see every day, you know, it's something that you can put together of just the things you want in life and hang it up somewhere where you see it regularly. And it's just, you know, is touching on your brain every day. And over time, you know, you are setting yourself up for, for success through these, these visions that you yeah. want in your life. It's really cool. There are so many different parts to the secret, but that was one part that always stayed with me was using vision boards. So yeah, I'm just a big fan of it. I think it's something that, you know, if you have an open mind to it, it's not very woo-woo at all. It's not, but it's really, really interesting. Well, and I do think it it has some neuroscience behind it too. So we talked about mirror neurons and we talked about biases. And so these biases are something that we set up in our brains and our brains do learn. And so our subconscious will often take these things and put them in and look for reinforcement. We see it all the time in politics. I mean, you know, people that are on one side of the spectrum or the other are always looking for reasons why their side is right. Correct. I mean, even if you don't like talk about what your political affiliation is, this is what happens. We look for affirmations of what we already believe. So if you already believe that, you know, you can do something and you put it out there. So I think making our own destiny is really important to have it written out or in pictures, pictures, especially because your brain really likes that to have a picture of what you want is better than looking at other people's success and setting that up as your goal. And some people I know are really motivated by competitiveness. But one of the things that I talk about a lot for me is something called reframing. And that's really also a brain science thing as well. A lot of people say, I'm just going to exercise self-control. I'm going to start eating better. I'm not going to, you know, look at my neighbors and the people that and covet people. And and I'm not going to have this fear of missing out. I'm just not going to do that. But the problem with that is that willpower is limited. There's been lots of studies that have shown that they actually looked at judges that were dealing with different cases. And after lunch, everybody was guilty. Before lunch, I mean, I've right before lunch. I've heard about that. I've I mean, heard I don't about mean that. After yes. Lunch. After lunch, it was better. Right Crazy. before lunch, when they were hungry, it's like everybody was guilty. So I would just say that in general, you need to think about willpower not being the best idea. So reframing is another way to do this, which is like taking the thing that is really frustrating you or whatever and replacing it with something else. So you can't just quit doing something. You have to replace it with something else. And one of the visualizations they talked about is actually putting that thing in a frame, like an actual picture frame in your brain. You know, like here is our fish, our picture frame and this is what it looks like and you can do that. So literally picture the thing you're trying to avoid or worry about in a photo frame or replace it with another thought. So I know that a lot of people that 
quit smoking, they take up gum chewing instead or something like that. You have to replace what you're trying to get rid of. So if your big thing is flipping through Instagram and looking at people and getting really angry because you're like, look at these beautiful lives that everybody else has and I don't. And I'm stuck in this terrible life where I'm stuck in my office all the time and, you know, whatever it is. Instead of, you know, thumbing through Instagram like that, what if instead you spent 20 minutes doing a research on the kind of vacation you'd love to take? You know what I'm saying? And putting together some kind of vision board or I'm just daydreaming a little bit about something else rather than looking at what other people have. So I know some people have taken diets or, you know, vacations from social media if they feel like they can't hack it. So that kind of brings us to the next one, which is... Well, I do also want to mention there's that quote that uh, has been really popular on, I've seen it all over the place, that says, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel, you know? Yeah. And, and oh, that's so true. That, that's, yes, because, you know, we get on Facebook, we get on Instagram, and we're seeing all these great things that are going on with people. I was just listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about this. You never see something negative. Like, who's going to post on Facebook or Instagram, like, I'm having a bad day and I'm depressed and da, 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 da. No, we get on there and we share all the great things going on in our life. And so I think we all can relate to, to this quote. You know, I've seen it all over and it really is true. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And sometimes I tell you, Cami, I'll post on Facebook and I just want to share some great accomplishment, right? And then sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, I hope people don't look at my profile and think I'm trying to one up everybody and I'm trying to just make them feel bad because of good things that happen. You know, I want to share my successes. I want to feel good about it. And I want to share that with my friends and colleagues, you know, but there are a lot of people that look at this that other people are posting and they feel bad because they just, it's the way they're viewing it. No, and I totally agree with that because that is something I've actually seen some of the the more enlightened women out there starting to talk about more. I've seen Maria Forleo talking about that. I've seen, I think it was Sunny Leonard Doozy who's starting to do like some videos on her YouTube channel. We actually had her on our show and she talked about this a little bit about showing her real self. I've seen other people too use like their failures as really good examples of like how to overcome them. So I do think that there's a couple of episodes like that that I've heard recently that I'll put them in the show notes. I'll just give you guys some examples of those in there so you can look at them and say, yeah, my life isn't so bad. Um, So I really do think that leaders, women leaders, especially because I think women are really hard on themselves. I'm not saying men aren't, but I know that I have a a voice in my head that's constantly criticizing myself. I don't know if you do, but there's always this like, you know, get with it, girl, get with it, girl. What's wrong with you, Cami? What's wrong with you, Cami? You know, and I think that that's something we have to all overcome. So how do we reframe the way we're thinking about that? How do we take that and like turn it into something else? So if I'm telling myself, what's wrong with you? Why not say something else like, you know what? I hear that I just said that about myself, put it in a frame and say, right now I'm feeling inadequate and name it. And then say, I'm going to choose to do something right now that will make me 
bring me a step forward in my plan, whatever that is. Or I realize I'm being frustrated and I need a 20 minute break and go outside and take a walk. That's what you do with Max sometimes, right? So, I mean, how do you start to reframe the things? Because I think we often feel like the things we're saying to ourselves in our brain are actually real. And guess what? Because you're saying them to yourself, they will become real if you don't come up with something else to say to yourself. So you have to start working on making that thing that's happening inside your head be something that's positive towards your development. So what are you learning? I mean, if you did mess up, which we all do, how are you going to change that? What are you going to do differently next time? But I think by comparing ourselves with other people, we honestly are doing ourselves a huge disservice because we are not other people. Every one of you are special and unique and have something very different to bring to the table than I do or Madeline does or anyone else. So I think that, you know, we can't say that enough to each other. I don't know. Sorry. I, I just felt, I I felt that, yeah. I, that speech came on. That wasn't in our notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's that all good. That was good. Uh, next up is avoidance. And I've heard some people talk about not really following competitors. And you've got Oprah in her Making Oprah documentary. It's awesome if you guys have not heard this. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it was a podcast series that is phenomenal. Oprah, Making Oprah. And so in the documentary, she talks about how she stopped focusing on competitors. That's powerful. Yeah, it really was. It was on WBEZ and I do have a link to it. And I've listened to it three times now. Because it was so interesting. I mean, I find these kind of how to put things together, how I did that. The podcast is really good um, good as well. But making Oprah, this part really hit me. And somebody asked her, you know, there was a lot of people that started chasing her in the ratings. And they would ask her, you know, what do you think about, you know, Leno? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And she realized that if she spent any time focusing on her competitors, that she was so busy looking at them in her rearview mirror that she wasn't looking ahead on the path to how to innovate to the next level. And yep. she did not want that to slow her down. And by looking at her competitors, it was slowing her down. And so she made a decision that they weren't going to do that anymore, that they were going to do what they did. You know, you do you. You know, that's what I've heard. That's a really great quote. You do you. Yep. And that's really what she did. She took that on as a motto for her and her, her team. They really did lead, as you all know, for so many years before the, you know, before the Oprah Winfrey show went off the air, they were the gold standard in how to make these kinds of things happen on a national television level. So I do think that if you do you, you're going to be so much better off. And really the only person you hurt when you spend a lot of time, you know, reflecting and ruminating about other people and your competitors and even your friends, your frenemies. <laughs> I don't know. All those people. I mean, I could look at Madeline and say, gee, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I was, um, you know, asked to speak at, you know, uh, social media marketing world, that would be cool. Why am I not being asked? I mean, you, I could spend a lot of time ruminating about that, but I it's don't. It's a waste of time. You know, it's a waste of yeah. time to do that. I have been one to not focus on competitors. I Mm -hmm. am the kind of person I put my head down and I do my work and I focus on me. And Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that a lot. He says he doesn't pay attention to what his competitors are doing. He focuses on himself. And I think that is so smart to do. Of course, FOMO kicks in. Sure. Like right now, there's some conferences that some of my social media marketer friends are all 
doing together. They're actually road tripping it together. I think they call it social media road trip or something like that. And they're just going from event to event together as a group and it's super cool. And it's like, oh my God, I would love to be there doing that. But I can't let FOMO kick in and keep me from focusing on what I need to be doing. Because right now, what's more important is my work. I need to be focused. I need to get my stuff done. And if I focus too much on what everybody else is doing, that's not going to serve me. So it's really important to focus on you. I love that you do you. That's cool. Yeah. And I also want to reframe what FOMO means. Can I do that? Sure. Just to show you a good reframe. So you can go from fear of missing out to freedom of making optimism. Oh, I like that. Freedom of making optimism. So you can make it. You can do this yourself, guys. So I think that's it, though. I mean, you know, we could talk more about this forever. But honestly, the big thing is for you to find the things that make you happy and to pursue them with passion. I hope that for every single one of you. Yeah, I think what we want to do is we want to go move this conversation over to our Facebook group. If you have not joined, you need to because that's where a lot of magic happens. And so our call to action for this episode is for you to share with us ways you're going to put FOMO to bed or share how you already have so we can all learn from you. Like I just shared, you know, what, what I'm doing. I'm head down doing my work. And so share with us what you're doing. And so go to the Facebook group, Communities That Convert. And uh, you can also share with us on Twitter or Instagram. We are active all over with a very special hashtag, CTC Podcast. Use CTC Podcast. We are paying attention, but we would love for you to come over to the Facebook group and chat with us there. And let me finalize all of that by saying, if you're going to be a leader of a community, you're going to have to find the mental strength to forge your own path because people are looking to mirror you as well. And so if you can show that you can have ever that all boats rise, you know, that you do not have to grab success at the expense of anyone else. I think that you're going to find that you're going to attract people to you that you love working with. So I hope you guys do that. I'm really the law of attraction. Let's go do it. I love that. Very profound, Cami. Love it. Hey, everybody, Cami and I are having a lot of fun doing IGTV. So be sure to check us out. IGTV It's kind of like the new thing right now. So check us out over there. And we're talking a lot about this podcast and we want to hear from you. And IGTV is Instagram TV for those of you who oh, don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. I, I just assumed everybody knew what that was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Bad me. Oh, I, they were, they're going to be like, I don't know what IGTV is. FOMO. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did not mean to put FOMO in you with that one. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week and keep doing great things. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you.
Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.